my guest today is Adam Gaylor, defensive coordinator at Jenks High School in Jenks, Oklahoma. It's in Jenks, right? I always ask this. Yes. Uh, yes. In, in Jenks, Oklahoma. Coach, welcome back. Thanks for having me, brother. Good to, good to be on here, man. Good to talk to you again. Of course. You're on a bye week right now. And with the, so we record on Thursday nights. And since it's the debut of the NFL on Amazon Prime, which, by the way, I got to say, they've done, I mean, for the first time producing this type of show, like it's, I haven't seen everything. I know there were some sync issues with like the lips and then them talking. It's pretty good for like the first time ever doing an NFL game. But, um, with with that in mind, I got to ask you. You've grown up in Oklahoma. This may be a pretty easy answer. Is it just everybody in Oklahoma is a Cowboys fan? Like, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy, <clears throat> heavy Chiefs, heavy Cowboys. Um, th- those two teams are are the by far the the two most popular in Oklahoma. And then, of course, you got me. I'm a Bears fan, so. Um, I have no, I have no ties to Chicago. No, like no family in Chicago. But um, when I was growing up, one of our basic cable channels was WGN. So I always saw the Cubs, and then on Sunday nights, I would always see like Bears highlights. So my brother was a massive Bears fan. So then that's that's what I what I became. Well, I know you've been on uh, back to school night duty, but I don't know if you saw my tweet or others tweet the news. The Bears, all 22, has been fixed. It's no longer that shitty angle. No way. That's, yeah, well. I least, have not seen it. I have not. I have been, I just got home like a little bit ago, so. At least for yeah. week one. At least for week one. It's Maybe maybe everybody uh, just gorgeous, is using man. the Niners angle, but it. I wonder if the NFL is cherry picking and saying, all right, well, we're just going to film the away, away teams. <laughs> You've used their film. Right. I've seen, like, other angles. Of all twenty, like the other wide, like a different wide shot, like uh, somebody had posted on Twitter, like a still of it or something, and it was, um, it, I mean, it wasn't the same like field level angle that you normally see. So I, I don't know. That's awesome. That's great news, man. I'll, uh, I haven't like I don't know anything about their new staff either. So I'm kind of interested to to sit down and and dive into them and look at their schemes and, and whatnot. Well, I was just watching uh, them. I was running a report for somebody on PFF and they have, I did, by the way, if any of you use PFF, I don't know how many of you guys use that for the video out there, but there's a way you can look for sim pressures. Now, basically they started tagging. If they, if they rush as a blitz and you just have to put like blitz equals yes, coverage equals seven. But yeah, they ran a. Uh, I figured you'd like this. They ran a nickel sim pressure with Tampa two behind it. So you may you may enjoy watching their film a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah, we were just talking to us uh, uh, as a staff about we need to add add some more of that. We play we play so much early down sims and we play so much cover three with them. We don't you know we've only got a couple of like two high sim pressures that we run now on in our. Some of our third down stuff, we have some more Tampa two stuff um, with uh, with with Tim pressures, but yeah, we definitely need to out of out of our regular package, not just our our third down sub stuff that we do. Yeah, well, if you want to watch that stuff, I mean, uh, Baylor does a really good job with it. For anybody wanting to study that stuff, and you want to do a true like cover two, we did the wide stinger five GMTCU stuff forever, but that's more of a uh, 
you know, you got to sling a backer out of the box. And I, I don't know if I'd recommend that as much. Um, in today's game, I mean, on first and second down with the RPOs and everything. I mean, we, we lived in that stuff. I actually have a, if anybody's interested, it's completely free. I have a coach tube video on the concept, but guys are running more of the Tampa two pressures. You know, I know that, uh, Baylor and those guys, I know Bama does it. Georgia does it. Uh, Florida does it. Um, where they bring the backside safety over to compensate for that. But, um, You've seen a lot more of those Tampa creepers. Dean Pease really was one of the guys that kind of started that. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, sh- I shouldn't say he started it, but one of the guys that it was, I was noticeable. Yeah, we started running, um, you know, the Bledsoe creeper uh, and playing Tampa two with it, but like we would play because our our field nickel star guy was a regular linebacker. Um, like we couldn't put him in the middle third. Um, and so like what we would do is, is we would, it, it, instead of playing or rotate him to the back, to the field half, excuse me, we would let the corner be the half player, let the dog, you know, or what we call our dog, the, the nickel to the field, be the, the, the flat defender, be like the, the slice player to the field. Um, and let the mic be the middle run through the, the wheel is the weak, you know, weak, weak curl, weak hook player. Um, and so our field, our uh, boundary safety would roll down and be the clouded corner, you know, or replace the, the, the corner on the, in the, in the rush. And then we'd rotate the, the field safety as the boundary half player. So, um, that was a good one we ran on, um, on, on regular down and distance. It was a good, good change up. You and I we're such ball guys. We're just ball coaches. Even during the intro, <laughs> you know, we're just like, Oh, so how are you doing? How's everything going? So we ran these Tampa two pressures and they were great. Like, it was like we didn't even get like in through the intro. Like I was going to ask you more about how the NFL fandom works in uh, your neck of the woods, but we've already started talking ball. So let's start talking ball. Dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like when, you know, when, uh, you know, not that I'm anywhere near either one of these guys, but it's like when Belichick and Saban hook up, it's like, they just, you know, they tell their wives, say, hey, we're going to be there all night. We're going to, you know, we order, order food out. We're going to be in the office talking ball all day. So, it's kind of the same way, dude. Some of my favorite nights ever were just doing that. Just talking shit. Amen. Not yes. talking shit, but just talking ball. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's get into the questions. The first one is from Dan Myers, and you're going to go first. If you don't mind, we're going to have you yeah, go first, yeah. and I'll, I'll piggyback. Dan Myers, head coach and defensive coordinators at Cannon Falls High School in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. His Twitter handle is at Dan Myers with an E between the M and the Y, 38. He says, can you give some tips for defending against power read? Love the show. Thanks for the compliment. We really appreciate y'all listening. And I know this is tough to listen this time of year, but one of those things where we, you know, we hope we can help with some game planning and some things. And uh, so we're, we're glad you're tuning in, but uh, what are your thoughts on defending power read? You know, it, it um, to me, and I've heard you say this a lot and um <clears throat> You know, it kind of goes back to because I get, you know, how do you how do you fit this or how do you fit that as far as the read game goes? To me, it's like who do you want carrying it, right? Like that's the first question I would ask is, do you want the quarterback to carry it or do you want the running back to carry it? Because you can manipulate um, the read, you know, uh, based on who you want to carry it. So, um, like that would be the first question. 
Um, but I would, you know, you, you got to have multiple ways to defend it. I think you've got to be able to, um, you know, you got you to have it in your defense in, 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 in odd space and even space to be able to force the, the sweep and to, to make the quarterback pull it and run, and run quarterback power. As a general rule for us, <clears throat> if all things being equal, you know, we want to set hard edges and we want to force the ball to go east and west. Um, you know, where the, 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 the biggest plays I've given up defending that play have been off the, the quarterback read because it gets vertical and, and, you know, the guys north and south. As long as the ball is going east and west, you know, we've been pretty good. And at the place I've been at, at setting, you know, setting sideboards, setting edges in our defense and uh, forcing the ball to go east and west. So, um, you know, that's that's the if, if all things being equal and that's what I have to do, um, you know, if the running back quarterback are the same, you know, that's what I'm going to do. But the first question we're going to go into is who do we want to carry the ball and how can we manipulate the read? Um, and then you've got to be able to do it with pressure too, um, whether it's away from it or into it um, and fit it up. You know, um, you know, that's that's the, the biggest thing, I think, as a young coach uh, that I did is, you know, we had all these, you know, back then, I'm like you, um, you know, all the all the, the fire zone stuff was great. And as a young coordinator, we ran it a lot, but I didn't run it enough versus, you know, certain run schemes. Um, and so that was the biggest thing for, you know, for us is, you know, if we're going to if we're going to run these, you know, for now, you know, as far as now goes, if we're going to run these creepers, we're going to run these, you know, these, uh, you know, cover two five man pressures, we're going to have to fit it versus all their run games. So whether it's power read or whatever it may be, um, you've got to be able to, to fit your, your pressures up um, versus those particular run schemes. I totally agree. Uh, the, the same exact thought process. The one thing I will add is, are they, do they run power read as a player or are they a power read team? And that's kind of what I ask, you know, before the, who do you want carrying the ball? And the reason is it's like in the, the number one place that shows up is empty. Yeah. You know, is, are, this is a team that runs empty or is this an empty team? Meaning they do it a lot and right. we have to have multiple ways of attack. If they only sprinkle in the play, I would say teacher base rules, live with it, have a stopper call maybe. But if they're running it a lot, then you're going to need to, you know, just like anything, you need more answers. If they're running, you know, zone read three times a game, well, then player base rules. If they run zone read 75% of the time, well, then you need <laughs> you need all sorts of, you know, bomb the dive, sit, do the up stunt or whatever you call it, the charge stunt. No, what's right. the one where you come down and then you pop up? We call it the Race. up stunt. Race. Race. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a million different things you can do. So you have to ask yourself the same thing with power read. Are they a power read team or do they just run it a few times? Right. If they're running it a lot, then, then I go into Adam's checklist almost verbatim. Who do you want to keep the ball? And then it's, you know, it's simple. If they want to have the quarterback, keep the ball and make him hand the stretch and rally. Um, if they want to pull the quarterback, or I'm sorry, if they want to hand the ball off, then make the quarterback keep it. Pull the quarterback. I'm losing my mind. It's late, bro. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, you know, that's that's the thing is, and then there, how do you want to play that? What's the structure of your defense? If you're an odd front, yeah, I mean it's gonna depend. Right. If you're a one high team, 
you got to be a little nervous about them handing a stretch because you have a guy outside of number two and they can hit the alley. If you're a quarters team and that guy can go pull the pin and set the edge on the stretch and then they have to crack down on two and then the guy, because I've always said power read as an RPO, I, I, if you want to throw RPOs with, with a pulling guard and a quarterback shuffling, cool. I'm not talking about play action. I'm talking about RPOs. You want to leave my end unblocked? Like, good luck, you know, and, and yeah. you're asking for it. So I don't know. I could I could be full of shit, man, but I have not seen a lot of power read RPOs that don't end up with somebody getting hurt or on the on the verge of getting plastered. I I haven't seen like true RPOs with it very much. I'm like you. I've seen some like play action where they'll give like the the slide footwork, and the guard will like kick the five technique, and they're trying to run like pop pass the the tight end or you know what I mean. Like I've seen that, but not. I haven't seen much true RPO off of that. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm a quarters team, I'm making them hand. The, this is just it, this is if everything's equal. If I'm a quarters team and I have an overhang in between, I'm not playing outside leverage quarters, but I have a guy inside of the slot. I'm going to have the end chase the dive, make him hand the stretch off. Now the slot receiver has to block me, which means my deep safety can come off the edge and make the play. That's how we played it as our base way. Yeah. Same. Now, if they're, if they're quarterback, if they have like, but then again, if they, if they're running jet with a guy who runs a four seven, or if they're doing like, especially off of, I, the jet empty power read, I think is the hardest one to defend, but that's just me. Um, but you know, if they have a guy running a four eight and then they have Cam Newton playing quarterback, you know, then, then you obviously, but if they, you now if they have, you know, Tyreek Hill running the stretch and, and the quarterback don't like to run the ball, then, then I would do the opposite. I know that sounds like stupid, simple. I will say if you're an even front team, um, set the three technique away from the back so the tackle can't climb right now. Gary Patterson ran a call versus spread zone read for many years. It was called set aim and set aim bomber, which meant we're going to set the three to the back. We're going to slant wheat, try to cut the zone playoff, make it cut back, right? He did did that for years. We did that for years. And then power read came along and we went, oh, shit. Because if you do that, and you have a G away from the back, the tackle could climb right now to the second level. So if you're an even front team, try to get your three technique away from the back. If this is a play you're really worried about. So, yeah, you know, we, we uh, when I was the head coach at, at um, Westmore, um, our offense put in like out of uh, like two by two, 11 personnel um, pistol. And they ran jet with the H with the slot, and they ran power read with with him and the quarterback. So the jet, you know, the jet power read action you're talking about, but they took the tailback away from it. Mm. So you talk about like completely dicking your reads. It was really tough. Yeah, that that play that play is a pain in the ass. I remember early 2010s when we got to <laughs> yeah when I was at Millsaps because the the play was actually. There's been a lot of discussion about it, but TCU put the play on the map when they did. And they, the funny part is that they did it with Andy Dalton against Clemson, like first game of the year in like 2009. And Brandon Lechtenberg, great friend of the pod, great, great football coach, UCL, UCL Bronco. He's an Oklahoma guy now. Yeah, he is. He's a Broncho. He told me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, his brother invented the play, so. Uh, really? that's the, he, now he kind of is bashful about it, but I've, I've 
been pounding the pavement on this. Adam Lechtenberg <laughs> basically said, because they were running the inverted veer, and they're like, what if we ran power? And the O-line coach was like, that's a really bad idea. And the next year, the O-line coach was like, what if we what if we read the end? He's like, I said that last year. Why didn't anybody? <laughs> but yeah, no, he he, he floated the original idea. Some, something that's, like that. But uh, that's yeah, that's awesome. Because TCU, because because Brandon watched TCU. He was on that staff, watched Andy, of all people, Andy Dalton torch people with it. Yeah. The first question he had for me on Sunday morning was, do they run power read? Because TCU called it Cheeto. So they would say, "Do they run Cheetos or Cheeto?" And I'd be, and it's not Cheeto like the the chip. It was cheat like so they called right. inverted veer cheat like cheat off a test, uh-huh. and then cheat oh pull the guard. So they call it Cheeto, and he'd be like, "Do they do they run do they run Cheeto?" And I would say yes. And if I said yes, the week would be hell. Got to stop the Cheeto. We got to stop the Cheeto. <laughs> that play took our life. We had to change how we defended the spread offense because of it. We we did. We really, really did. We started seeing it around the same time you did, you know, 2011, 2012. Yeah, it, it, uh, or, uh, sorry, 2010, 2011. It was around there. Um, yeah, it really did. It, 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 it forced you to, to figure out, like you said, how you're going to fit it. Outstanding, man. All right. I'm actually going to take this next one first because it's in my wheelhouse. It's a uh, double tight T formation. Can I take this one first? Absolutely, dude. Yes. Uh, that's my that's my thing. I can do that stuff. <laughs> All right. This next question comes from Michael Martin, defensive coordinator at Stellicum High School in Lakewood, Washington. His Twitter handle is at or his Twitter handle is at Ms. Ms. Martin. Ms. Martin. M- Mike, you got to change that, man. I always think you're you're tweeting as Miss Martin. Ms. <laughs> Martin zero two zero eight. His question is: Upcoming opponent is double tight T formation team. Been coaching 15 years and as a DC for six, this will be my first time seeing it. They're running the base stuff, trap, power, QB, power, keep, power, pass, split pass. We're a base 4-4 team. We get into some odd stack as well, which is a better fit for something like this. All right, I'm going to give you the magic bullet. I'm just kidding. It's not. There's, there's no magic defense. We do a concept called blue pitch. If you ever heard me talk about it, that's we literally eliminated three quarters of our defense versus stuff with this one call. So find where they want to run the ball. They always have a side. This is, you know, I know I've said this now the 9,000th time and everybody's probably tired of hearing about it. It's high school football. You only get what you get. Okay. And if they're amazing to both sides and they're, then give it, then more power to them. But no formation in my mind is truly balanced. It's not there. When you get it, when you, and with these type of shit, when you get T teams, double wing, Flexbone, Flexbone's a little bit more balanced. They're going to go more to the field because they're not they're not needing the slots. So, all right, let me back up. When you're talking about the Flexbone, especially when you're just blocking up to the second level, you're not as dependent on your O-line. Like, oh, we need to run left or we need to run right. Flexbone is truly about numbers and all that stuff. But when you're talking about when there's a tight end involved and running backs, every single double wing, T, 22 personnel, eye flanker, double tights, balance, one receiver set I've ever seen. There's always a strong side, meaning there's always a better tight end that's a blocker or a better blocker at one of the tight ends. And then if they're split backs, now if it's I, it's different because he can go either way. Now, now that makes it harder. But if they're in a T or there's two wings and a fullback, there's always a better runner. So put your three technique to where they're going to run around the ball. If you're a 4-4 team, play a three, a six, and a nine. 
have that nine technique, be a Sam linebacker, whatever, stand up, spill the edge. Um, and we did this two different ways. We play four down with two outside backers as nine techniques, two inside backers, two corner types. We would sub out. They'd be like through two to three yards outside, eight to 10 yards off. And then they would spill. So if the tight ends down the, the Sam linebacker, so to speak, safety, whatever you want to call them, comes across the line, spills. Then the backer can run over the top. The corner can play outside. And then the free safeties in the middle. We tell him, read the backs, read the middle backs, whatever. Now, the other thing we did is we replaced the free safety with the nose. And we went odd. We played zeros, nose in the gap, threes, sixes, and nines. And then we just played too high. And we just said, they're not going to release all three backs. They can't. It's, or it's really hard. So and that's in that case, we put our biggest guys at the zero and the six, and we put two little quick kids in at the three, and we just basically subbed the B gap. Now, most of those teams have a trap tell because they're usually tighter when they're running the off tackle stuff. So they can get everybody to the point of attack. But if they widen their splits, then you need to you need to um, tighten yours down, expect trap. And then the backer reads, read the blocking surface. Just I'd read the blocking surface, have a guy, you know, read, read your guard tackle bubble to near back and go. Now, weak side, we would play depending on how much they run weak and how much they run inside. We played a, a power eye team in double threes because they didn't hit the A gaps much. Well, obviously, if they're running wedge um, or was it actually a double wing team? Sorry. Because they didn't really have an A-gap play. They didn't run a lot of wedge. And then depending on how weak they were, how weak side heavy they were, I can think of a team in particular where we played uh, one year with the, with the double wing. I know it's not the same offense, but we played a shade and a six. Which normally if you played a shade and a six and a guy outside of that, you'd get killed, but they're foot to foot. So what's the difference? There really is. We were trying to get across face of the strong side. But as they ran the ball weak more and more and more, we got thicker weak. You know, we'd play a two, a seven, and a nine, or a two I, a seven, and a nine. And then if you don't want to play the five down stuff, I mean, the the free safety, you can play him like an extra backer. Now, some people like to bring him down to backer depth. I don't because I like to be able to get an extra layer to the defense. I don't want him counted in the box. So why is Robert coverage so good? The old, I mean, you're in Washington. You remember the old Don James, Jim Lambright stuff, the old Robert defense. Why was it so good? Because the free safety was like a linebacker, but he wasn't counted in the run game. You bring that guy to backer depth, now he's counted in the box. You back him up eight yards, you back him up three yards, you lose three yards of ground, but now he's never counted by the O-line. I think that's a win. It's the same reason corner pressures is so effective. That guy never gets counted in the protection, except for the running back. So, anyway, those are my basic thoughts on it. And then... um, yeah, I mean, you could slant or do some things if they know a certain place you're going. And those edge guys, real quick, they're going to take first to the flat. They're reading the tight end. If the tight end's down, they spill. If the tight end bases out, now the corner or whoever that piece that's outside the tight end is to fill outside in but inside of the Sam. But make sure those guys fit out outside in on everything because if they block out the Sam and then he fits inside, whatever kickout comes, they got to crease to run outside. So you need two guys outside the kick out and then everybody else should be able to play inside. All right. That was a long answer, but I'm trying to explain the whole defense into a five minute answer, which is hard. Do you have anything to add there? 
Coach, I don't have anything to add. I've never seen that offense before. I mean, I've never had to face it. Like, I like, I played in the wing tee. Um, I faced wing tee when I was uh, when I was coaching at Wagner 4A school. Um, but now I've, I've not – I would not have anything to add. You would definitely be the sensei when it came to that because uh, that's, that's a lot of my league. All right. Well, I mean – I usually say to my guests, if you don't have something, that's fine. I mean, that's like, there's a question specifically for you. That's going to be, you know, just, I'm just get out of the way. So <laughs> that's all. Uh, yeah. That's all, that's all you, that was a hell of an answer too. That's good stuff, man. I would, if, if I come across dead T double tight, dude, I know the first phone call, or if I see, uh, um, Oh, what was the double wing? That's it. If I see double wing, dude, you and Kyle Kogan are my first calls. We're, we're going to have a damn group chat. Yeah. I, uh, I, as I've said over the years, I've had to face that stuff so many, especially the double wing in practice, but we had already developed our identity there before we got to Sarah. And, uh, there's some more orthodox stuff that you have to do. But the problem is, you know, if you go look up dead T defenses online, you're going to see stuff in the seventies and eighties. Right. A lot of the time, that's the whole thing. So I, I've joked about making a whole series on like, okay, old-timey offense. We used to say old-timey offense equals old-timey defense. Well, you're playing nine spread and pro-style teams. Now, so you got to play the T. I mean, you need something quick and easy without destroying your defense. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, just like you now we played flex bone. So that was an example of where you got, you know, you got to be able to fit it to what you do, you know, without – you can't change your entire defense in one week and run something that, you know, shit, you don't run the rest of the year. You know, you want to try to tie it into something that you already do and be able to, to relate, you know, the techniques and how you play triple with, with, you know, certain things you already do as close as you can because you can't do it 100%. You have to, you know, it's some of it's got to kind of be, okay, it's this offense, so this is the technique we're playing, or this is, you know, this is where our eyes are at, et cetera. Absolutely. And one thing I'll say is if you are struggling and you're like, hey, man, we run a 425. Well, it says a 44, and that's very specific. Most people don't say that anymore. So you probably equipped for this. But I come across some guys who are like, dude, I don't have two safeties that can play nine technique. And there were years we did, and there were years we didn't. What we would do, one trick is find some bodies at D line to play like a seven technique. If you don't want to play a six, we played a six and read the tackle and did all that stuff. But if that's not what you do, yeah. get your two biggest offensive linemen, put them in a seven technique, and then play your tackles in the tackle spot and play your ends as this outside backers. So just put your two biggest bodies. And if you line, because especially the strong side, if you line up in a three technique, they have to single you. So all that guy has to do is beat the shit out of the tight end. You don't have to know how to play. You don't know have to know how to play D line and all the different stuff. You're going to get a down block. That's it. I mean, you know what I mean? So Jerry rigged this thing where you can, okay, this is not going to be our normal defense, but can my left guard, he doesn't ever play defense, but could he line up and kick the shit out of one person? Yeah. Probably. It's a drive block. Yeah. The difference is you want to get your eyes inside. You want the ball inside after a while. Like, so that's where I, we, there was one year we had that problem. Our outside safety, one of them was really good. And the other one in pass coverage, but wasn't, didn't have a lot of lead in his pencil. And then the guy, the strong side was not very good at this stuff. So we put our DNs as the outside guys. And we brought two offensive linemen over to play different spots. 
So anyway, let's move on. All right, this next question is from Cody Gamble, secondary coach from Rowlett High School in Rowlett, Texas. He's a, he's a patron of the uh, Coach Fast Football Patreon. His question is, how would you attack a 12-personnel team with a running QB that runs a lot of tackle over unbalanced or nub formations, knowing most of their run game is across the ball and passing game consists of sprint out? We see it from our offense. We saw it um, couple, you know, last week from Coach Maddox at Union. Um, not a running quarterback, but a lot of 12 personnel. Um, but we, you know, they, we get a lot of different formations out of 12, um, 12, sometimes 11 and things like that. But it sounds like he's talking about more traditional stuff other than tackle over, um, nub stuff. Like for us, if we're getting 12 personnel with a running quarterback or, you know, instantly my thoughts go to playing, you know, quarters, like old timey quarters where you're playing, um, you know, it's uh, you can call it a form of cover seven or whatever, but you're playing tight on the receivers. Um, given, I'm assuming the guy's more of a runner than he is a thrower, and they're moving the pocket a bunch. Um, I want to play tight coverage on the receivers. If we're getting, you know, like um, ace trip stuff, you know, race lace, what we call it. Um, you know, we're going to go a lot of corners over. Um, and get into, you know, we'll, we'll interchange. It kind of depends on, on what your structure is, too. Um, you know, we'll get into odd and even um, versus it as well and stem. And, and, you know, we'll get into like a 4-3 look with, um, you know, three backers in the core and, and playing, fitting both safeties. So you're fitting, you know, it's you're fitting nine on the run and you're playing, you know, you're playing zero on the receivers. Um, if you start getting, you know, if you start getting, you know, true like tackle over, um, you know, you're going to, if you're an odd, you're going to slide the front to the, you know, you're going to knock to, um, to the, the, the heavy side, to the tackle over side, um, and, and create the, you know, where the, the heavy side guard is the new center. Um, and then, you know, pressures, you know, five men, you know, we're now in that world, we start getting 12 personnel. Now we're going to start getting um hot pressures and you know six man um zone pressures and and five man um you know either two trap pressures or you know like we'll play um you know the, the, the sonics you know sonic shake two roll stuff but instead of playing instead of playing two trap um we'll play like um man match quarters strong to to get an extra fit guy um, where that backside safety instead of rolling over and playing the half, he's going to roll over and play quarters. Like so, versus Ace, he's your he's another fit player for you. Um, like he's going to, you know, he's he's relating to the tight end and playing quarters off the front side tight end. Um, you know, so those are those are some things that we're gonna um, that we're gonna get into uh, once we start seeing twelve personnel, especially with a running quarterback. You know, we're gonna go. We're gonna start thinking like nine man spacing. Um, you know, fit both safeties, um, you know, corners over will travel um, versus, you know, like I believe you asked about nub sets. We won't always do it, but we have tags to where we can, you know, we can um, go corners over um, in, in, in our quarters coverages um, and even some cover two stuff. 
uh, or we'll, we'll we'll full roll it and, and go corners over, make it look like you know like like we're playing, um, you know, some form of man um, on number two, and we're actually playing you know a version of cover two, and then like I said hot pressure, six man zone pressures, um, and then getting into either uh, two trap pressures um, out of uh, you know or out, out of five man pressures, getting to to two trap look or again we're on quarterback early downs um you know we'll get into we'll play quarters to the blitz side and play um you know um, thumbs or slice whatever you want to call it uh inverted man match cover two week um to the you know to the boundary of the weak side it's all good stuff um i almost 100 percent agree with you there Corners over stuff if it's nub sets, unbalanced. Um, and if they're, from what you're describing, if the QB runs a lot and they're having him sprint out, I mean, I, I'd go with Adam or I would, I mean, if, if the guy could throw, I would still say that stuff, you know, maybe some under one. Yeah. Depending, but if they're going to sprint out, that means he, I mean, if that's their go-to, let's be honest, guys. I may piss some people off here. Well, no, this is defensive, so nobody gives a shit. Like, yeah. in the year 2022, yes. if you're going sprint out, it's because you can't do something. Either, or the defense is just completely inept. Um, Either you can't pass protect, or... Uh, I mean, I'm saying if you do it a lot. I mean, he's saying they throw out of sprint out. That's what they do. So right. either the guy's not a pocket passer, they cannot block the edge... Or this guy's Cam Newton. I keep saying Cam Newton. I don't know why, but Cam yeah. Newton, and he's just gonna like if they give him the option to throw. Basically, you sprint out, and if you don't say anything, go like something like that. Or you just can't block for shit. I mean, sprint right. out passing with with everything that's out there now. With uh, you mentioned Dub Maddox and all these quarterback training tools and all these different things in the age of the internet where. You see freshman football teams able to throw the ball. If you're on a varsity team and you're sprinting out all the time, and I'm, I might get some nasty DMs like, dude, that's fucked up. You shouldn't say that. Or, you know, if you're a boot team, I, I, you know, there's people that say, oh, you're a boot team. But this guy said sprint out, and he said that's the thing that they do. And I guess it would make sense if the receivers are all to one side, but still, you think you would want to stay drop back. But anyway, fuck, you know, fuck it. Bring 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 four from a side. Yes, bring. yes. And that was the, that was the other thing I didn't mention. You know, mix in some zero stuff. I mean, get into some man pressures. You know, some some true blitz stuff. I mean, if they're gonna cut half the field off, they can't throw back. Or, I mean, you'd have to stop and throw back across. So they've got half the field to work with. You know, you're talking about playing press quarters. Well, what do we always say? What does Kyle always say to us, um, Kogan? Since you mentioned him, what does he always yell at us? Quarters is zero. Fine. Yes. We're going to play zero and bring six. We're going to bring four <laughs> from the edge. Whatever side he's, uh, so maybe away from the back. Cause you, well, no, cause, so this is what I don't understand. So this is one thing that gives me pause. I'm thinking if it's sprint out, then the back has to be, they must be running it back to the nub. So that would, the only thing that would give me pause, at least if it's not four from a side, bring a guy from the field and just play zero and then leave the two backers in the box and just, you know, just like a five-man pressure, cover zero, which I know usually people don't like, but if you want to really stop the run, 
I mean, Gary Patterson did this forever. Versus this type of stuff, field Jeremy White, smoke zero. And they would play, the two backers would play the one back, the middle field safety. I mean, you don't need a safety in the middle of the field with sprint out, right? We've yeah. established that. Nobody's going to sprint out, stop, and throw a fade ball. So you don't have to worry about any deep shots. So screw it. So we're going to play zero. We're going to put the free safety on the quarterback. We want to do that. And, you know, if you want, the problem with that, though, is then you have to put one of your backers on a tight end man-to-man. But figure it out that way and bring pressure to where he's going to sprint out. Slant the line to wherever the tight end is. Or if it's unbalanced and don't slant. So call like field G, you know, balanced or or none. I don't know. I'm thinking off the top of my head. Non-unbalanced slant. And then if it's unbalanced, just bring the dude. Bring the dude off the edge. You don't need to slant the line. You know what I mean? So those are just some thoughts. And put somebody in his face. Make him throw with someone in his face. And then the other thing is run a variation of this. You'd almost have to play the three technique to the field here. Well, you wouldn't have to, but bring the end, widen the end, bring him up field and then bring the lion path or whatever with the guy coming underneath. Yeah. That's also great for spread out. That's good. Yes. Agree. Yes. Uh, um, like the, the spurs path too. you know, where you bring the, the outside linebacker under and wrap the, you know, in, version, you know, the swap path NCAA. Yes. So, um, where you bring the outside linebacker under and, and, and scrape blitz the, the inside linebacker and Cody, uh, what he's talking about. I think you got the, I think you got the tight front course that I did. If it's in the, you don't have to run it like this, but if you want to see what he's talking about in the, I think I did some two trap stuff where it's the blood saving calls it a blood path where the outside guy comes in. Yes. And back. I refer to it as blood path in the video. So yeah. that's what you um, want to look you at. Know, hey, another one for 12 personnel. And, and, and you know, even if it's just regular, and the quarterback's not a runner is is the double cat stuff and playing hot behind it, you know, Siamese and bringing both corners and playing, you know, like Tampa two hot with it with the the mics the middle runner, um, and your outside linebackers are your two hot hot players. I'm excited to introduce Coach Vast Defense, a comprehensive out of the box defensive system with everything you need to coordinate a top tier defense coming in early 2025. The system is a one stop shop and comes with a complete, robust defensive scheme with tools to get into any structure, including even, odd, mint-tight, bare, stack, three-high, and more. It comes with an NFL-level playbook with run fits and route matches, narrated install videos with a schedule for implementation, and a library of answers for every offense you will see, including the spread 11 personnel offense du jour, the air raid, the Bryles offense, option schemes including the flexbone, the wing tee, three-back, and much more. It also comes with a drill and game film library, live in-season game planning sessions, templates to help you organize practice, opponent breakdown, and tools to make you a better play caller. Whether you're new to coordinating or a grizzled vet looking for new ideas, this system will have something for everyone. If you want to see all the details of the system, visit coachfastdefense.com and make sure to sign up for the mailing list to get updates and invitations to webinars to have your say in the system's creation so all of your coaching needs are met. Again, go to coachfastdefense.com, check out the details, and sign up for the mailing list. Absolutely. All right, here's one for you specifically. I mentioned it earlier. Brian Massetti, and uh, thank you, uh, Cody, for that question. And there's, there's always so many good questions. This one's from Brian Massetti, D.C. and safeties coach at Castro Valley High School, my old stomping grounds, on the other side of the bridge, but still pretty close, Castro Valley, California. 
His Twitter handle is at Coach Massetti, M-U-S-E-T-T, or M-U-S-E-T-T-I. I got it right that time. Coach Gaylor, what do you like to run your version of the float front against? Is it personnel and down and distant contingent or more about what they're running? This is kind of a long question. So if you need me repeating it, just let me know. No. Do you feel it is best against gap or zone schemes? What coverage do you like behind to tie into it with the run fits? And coming from a predominantly three down guy that runs some flex, I'd like to be able to be as flexible in four down as we are in three down. Good, good question. Great question. Yeah, that's really good. We've had. First of all, tell the tell the folks at home what the float front is. They don't know. Like the the, the float front stuff to me is like where you get into twos and you're playing. I know Bama's a little different, I think, but like for us, it's where we're playing. Like we're going to steal a gap with with one of the two techniques. He's going to end up um, the front side guy. Like if it's zone to the left like to the defensive left, that center is going to double the two with the guard and that's going to push him to, you know, he's going to play, end up playing the B gap. Um, And so he ends up cutting the zone off the backside two plays inside the backside guard. And so he ends up being able to take away both a gaps. So you end up stealing a gap. You can play, you know, technically you can fit the zone with one less guy. Um, you know, like you were like you would refer to it as like seven man spacing. Um, you know, where you don't where you're not one high gapped out or nine man where you're fitting, you know, you're triggering um, you know, both safeties or the safety and the overhang, depending on what the formation is. So um that's what like I think of when I think of the the, the float front stuff is the 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 twos are are playing what we call push technique or it's a true two gap technique. So like for us this year, we haven't played very much of it because we're, we're not very big up front. Like our, the other night, um, our best, our, our biggest defensive lineman was, you know, 225 pounds, as opposed to the last couple of years, we've had big ass four eyes and, and a big ass nose. So we've been able to get um, into that a little bit more where this year it's been, we've had to, you know, move more and, and play more, um, you know, play more lag knockback stuff with those guys. So, um, but I, t- so to me, like it's who your personnel is. Like, do you have those? I know you can play them with smaller guys, and we did when we first did it. Um, but just these guys that we currently have, I don't. I, we've tried it. We're just not great at it, and we got to keep repping it. And I got to coach it better. But um, I, I think we're going to be more knockback, where we're more playing attack react twos instead of you know, react attack or what we call mirror attack twos, like, like the float twos would be it's best versus zone scheme. Um, because now you can, you manipulate the bubble with how you play those two techniques, you know, instead of getting an over front or the, you know, the flex front where you have a three and it's in a shader or two eye. Now you, you can manipulate the bubble without moving the front, you know, without having to slant, um, the front where you can play the float stuff and play push and, and you create a three technique to the zone side and the in the, the B gap bubbles to the, the read side, or you can play lag and play more um, attack react with those guys, knock back the guards and play behind their blocks. Um, you know, play the back door behind the guards. So you end up getting, you know, the B gap bubbles to the zone and the B gap 
um, you know, your, your, your three technique is to the read side. So to me, you want to be able to play the, the float stuff versus zone stuff. Um, like the, the push technique, like I'm talking about where those guys are going to read the center and play, play front side <coughs> of the guards. Um, because versus gap scheme, it can get a little hairy. Um, you really got to rep the piss out of it versus gap scheme because like if you get power, um, for instance, and the, the center's back on the two eye, well, he's looking at it. He's we're reading the center, right? So his first step's going to be where the center goes. So he's going to attack the guard, but read the center. So his first step is if the center blocks back on him, it's going to be away from where the center blocks. Does that make sense? Like he's stepping away from him. And the other two is going to step with the center, right? He's stepping towards where the center's stepping. So if I'm the right two and the center steps to my left, then my first step's going to be left. So what you want is you want that what you got to have is it's going to end up becoming like a like what we call a NATO or you know a tom, it becomes a tom stunt versus gap scheme where that two to where the center is stepping away from is really stepping down um, hard and he's going to end up like being the read player for the quarterback um, if they did run like like read power or where they read read the backside. The guide, the, the 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 two to where the center is stepping towards. I know this is terrible to explain over the phone. I hope I'm doing a good enough job. Uh, is he's going to end up, you know, understanding that well the guard's gone, so I don't feel any pressure from the guard, and I've got the center blocking back. He's going to cross face and wrap now. So the 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 guy to where the pool's going will end up being like the picker, like on a NATO stunt or a Tom stunt. He's going to pick the center. The other guy is going to end up wrapping over the top and you gain him in the fit because usually you're going to be in, you know, some kind of too high defense in this. You know, I mean, I know you can run some one high with it, but you're going to be in you're running it because you're playing too high and you're a gap short. And you want to steal a gap by by playing this technique. So the backside guy um, will end up wrapping and end up being like the wrap guy on a read Tom or what we call NATO, you know, the the the. Uh, the ballyhooed gate stunt, you know, that's what it's going to fit like on gap scheme. That's where it gets really hairy. You really got to, you got to work the shit out of it because it's, it's very difficult. And then coverage wise, I think, you know, you're going to, you can play one high for us. We're going to play this when we're in, um, when we're in, in, in too high. Um, and, and Dante and I had this conversation um, this summer about like what he liked playing those float twos, the push two techniques with watching because he knows I'm a Polini guy. So watching some Bo Polini stuff and seeing what the the pros and cons of playing, you know, uh, your bracket, you know, the seven bracket stuff like Bo played it um, with those float two techniques versus playing lag twos, you know, knockback twos. Um, you know, what, what, you know, what's, what's what what's better uh with the you know with that certain type of coverage so we we talked about that this summer but um for us you know historically we've played it when we have played too high it hasn't always been like man match quarters like seven bracket or um robber coverage like when we first did it we were playing a lot of robber quarters so you know we wanted to be able to keep safeties like to speed out of the fit where they wouldn't have to play 
the vertical and possibly fit the run. So um, we started getting into the the, the float stuff and um, you know playing playing push twos with those guys. Um, but you know for us it's usually some form of quarters, whether it's zone match or man match um, quarters. And I know we've talked about this before, but you know great change up off of that's the the NATO stuff, the 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 read Tom, the gate, whatever you want to call it, torch stunt. Um, where the, the the two techniques are both attack the center and read him and either they, they pick a roll they pick and roll based on whether they get his face or his ass so that's also a good change up if you're if you're playing a lot of twos and I know coach said he wants to be flexible out of even and odd <clears throat> to me the best way to do it the, the you know for me trial and error and getting my ass kicked doing this or doing that um, you know for us it's it's been how can I marry my D-line technique in both fronts and marry my run fits? How can I match and create rules in both spacings to where I'm not teaching two different defenses to my linebackers and I'm not teaching two different defenses to my D-line? I am, you know, there's carryover in in both fronts. So I think, you know, if coaches want to do that and want to, you know, live in that odd and even world, which I think you have to um, in modern football, whether it's, um, you know, lining up in two different fronts, lining up in one, stemming to another, double stemming. You know, I think you've the off- you've got to make the offense block all their plays. They've got to block both fronts, um, at least. They've got to be able to block odd and, and even space. And um, I think, um, you know, I, th- I think that's just, that's that's where the game is, you know. You don't want to make it easy on those guys. So, um, you know, being able to to have the flexibility to play even in odd space, um, I think boils down to how do you teach your D line techniques, and how you know how are you teaching your run fits to those guys? Is there carryover between both both schemes? Go to the next question from Jason Pratt, linebackers coach. At West Virginia State University in Charleston, West Virginia. His Twitter handle is at Jason Pratt to tease 89. His question is how many five or six man pressures do you put into a game plan? And do you structure certain ones in certain areas of the field? Now he says five and six man pressures, but I don't think he means five and six man man pressures. So I screwed up last week. Somebody asked a question about rat pressures, and I, for some reason, thought they meant it had to be a sim because they said four de- like four man rush rat pressure, but they right. were just asking about rat pressures. But somewhere along the lines, my my brain understood sim. It's a sim, which it wasn't. Right. So I'm like, I'm gonna read the question seven times before I <laughs> answer it. So I think he just means five and six man pressures, but it could be any coverage. So. I'll give my answer because it's really short. We never had a limit. We never had a floor. We never had a ceiling. Um, We never looked at it like, oh, we need this amount of pressures. I know this may be a really simple answer, but it's the truth. And I never changed my pressures by field position ever. I know a lot of guys do, but I never did. So that's my answer. Short and sweet. Adam? Uh, I'm like you, coach. Like for us, you know, what is it? How much do we need? Like what, what, like we're going to install you know, 15, 16, five men pressures, you know, some of them are, are, you know, 
fire zone three. Some of them are, are two trap. Um, you know, some of them are, um, you know, one blitz, you know, pressures. Like to me, it's like, okay, after you, I mean, cause we're going to teach all that shit in the spring and in fall camp. And I'll, you know, we can, we make our like fire zone pressures, man pressures with tags. Like we can, you know, we can make those instead of cre- having to create a new name or something new, we can double, we can get double use out of a, out of a five man fire zone by making like, you know, tagging man with it. Um, so that's an easy way to, to get an, an extra five man pressure. But to me, it's also like with five man pressures, what are you trying to defend? Like, I, I'm not a big fan of, of like traditional five man fire zone pressures against like four open, like 10 personnel, or even, you know, I can, I don't mind them versus 11, um, you know, versus 11 slash 20, you know, stuff. Um, I get, you know, I, I, I like them more versus 12 personnel, 21 personnel, um, you know, even some 22 personnel, but, um, I like, I really like the, uh, the, the, the five man, two trap pressures versus 11, um, not as much versus four open 10 stuff. Um, you, you start, you start leaning me away from it, but, um, but I love the, like, Coach talked about, Coach Vass talked about earlier, uh, the, the blood pass stuff, you know, um, we call it spurs and play uh, a version of two trap behind it. That's a really good one that we were like versus 11 personnel. And then hot pressures, um, I love them versus, I love them, you know, field position wise. I like them in the high red zone, um, the, 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 the three deep, two under stuff. Um, I like it in the high red zone. Um, and, and then we'll run them, you know, situationally, you know, in any spot in the field versus really everything before open is what I like, you know, and even versus four open, we've got some, we've got some third down ones that we really like, um, that will run, you know, on third and extra long to just force the ball out. And you're playing vision break with those, you know, with those low hot players. So, um, you're driving downhill on throws. So those are, some of those are really good on uh on on third and long stuff um and then six man pressures i will say this we don't have a lot of like zero pressures we've got half a dozen you know like uh maka you know we've got that one that one always is in we've got the double edge out of you know out of a four-man front bring the same in the wheel off the edge and play zero have the mic on the back um you know that's a that's a staple of ours so there's there's about six of those we're going to go into to every game with, but, you know, for the most part, we don't, you know, what, what do we have to do to, what do we need to stop these guys? Like what, what are they, what personnel groupings are they getting in? What formations are they getting in? Um, you know, what schemes, you know, are they running where we need this pressure or that pressure? Like we've gone some, so much, cause we see so much, you know, four open, and 11 personnel stuff that, you know, we've gone to so much simulated pressure and creeper um, on early downs, you know, because we you get the same you get the same thing out of it, you know, on early downs. Now when you start getting into, um, you know, later downs, then then it's a little different. Or you start getting into bigger personnel groupings. Now you're going to want to start bringing more five man, six man pressures. But 
with as much 10 and 11 as we see, um, we, we've, we've become so heavy creeper um, that, that that's what we, that's what we major in anymore. You know, it used to be the, I'm sure Vash, you were like this. It used to be the, the zone blitz, the fire zone stuff, you know, back in the, back when I first started coaching. And then um, now it's, it's evolved to where, you know, all the, all the zone creeper stuff on early downs, you get a, a lot of the, you get what you want, but bringing one less guy. So versus all the spread stuff versus the 10 and 11, your, your coverage is a lot better. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've gone to more four man pressures than five and six, but there's a merit. There's a place for, for, for the, the five and six man stuff too, though. Also, I never really, I and mean, this is going to maybe insane to say, and maybe people are like, what? But I didn't really ever look at how many people were coming in the sense that like, and maybe it's just how my brain works, but we used to run the wide stinger five jump, uh, wide stinger five jam stuff, which I've talked about. Yeah. And, and I talked about this on the pod with Dan Lanning. Um, you know, those creepers, they're six man pressures, like especially the cross dogs, they're six man pressures if they run the ball. Yes. They only become four man pressures when it's a pass. So I never been like, we need to run a four man pressure here. We need, because again, in the wide singer five jam stuff, if they run stretch in the boundary, it's a five man pressure. Right. You don't know. The only thing you could pick up on film was, hey, they don't run this pressure and rush five in pass situations. So that's how you can kind of figure out what teams are doing is if you want to classify pressures, watch the pass cutups first and then marry the cutups on the run with that. And so like there are certain defenses like uh, will re remain nameless, but they only run cross dogs out of fire zone and four man. They never, they never bring the hot stuff. So yeah, on a rundown, it looks like six, but but watching it, I know, hey man, that's not, <laughs> they, they that's not a hot pressure because they don't run a hot pressure, right? But it looks like one because one of the droppers, say it's supposed to be a fire zone, the other droppers the end who's not dropping because it's a run. So right. that's the thing. Like I never really thought about that because so many of our pressures were ambiguous in that way that I was never like, oh, we need to run a four man pressure. We need to run a. A five-man pressure, if that makes sense. Now, on the back end, you can analyze it and and look at the numbers from there, but we I just never thought like that. I don't know. Sometime, like I was never like, we need to bring cover zero. We need to bring six. It was like, I want to run pinch double smoke or whatever. I never thought, we need to bring a six-man pressure. Let me find a six-man pressure. And maybe we're arriving at the same point, but I don't know. I think that's, I think that's key because I think some guys do say, hey, we need to bring five here. Like we talk about right. Belichick, what's the number one thing that he says to do versus a battle line? Bring five, because now all of them have to win one on ones. Yeah. So in yeah. that sense, you are saying we need to bring five. He's not saying we need to bring Saw Dog or something. Like we need to bring five. We need to. That's a different way of thinking. So I don't know if this answers your question, um, Jason, but I hope I hope we were able to do it um, for you there. This question is from Bruno Brepol. Hope I get that right, Bruno. He's awesome. He runs an all women's football team in Brazil. And I was lucky enough to do a clinic for them, I believe in 2020. 
And I've clinics coaching staffs before, but the entire team showed up with notebooks. It was so cool. Just like soaking it all in. Like, cause you know, these, they they can't just run out to a glacier clinic. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't have a lot of opportunities to get guys from the States one-on-one with just them. So it was really, really neat to see not only the coaching staff, but the team show up with notebooks. It It was really cool. Another, um, you know, one of the one of the positives about Twitter, man, without, you know, yeah, without how, you know, how uh, visible you are on social media, you know, without that, dude, that's, you know, that's not even a possibility for him. So that's, yeah, dude, that's, that's it's great. really, that's really awesome. fun. It's one of the most, I mean, I've worked with NFL teams this year, but that was one seriously one of the most fun things I've done in in all of my coaching was to be able to connect. And I've said this a bunch before, but to be able to connect with people. I've done sessions. One of my first, in fact, I believe my first consulting session was a coach in Norway. I mean, just crazy, just crazy stuff. So here's this question. Hey coach, we are back to our first season after the pandemic in Brazil. I'm so happy to hear that this week. We face a team that uses a lot of 20 and 21 personnel with a simple yet effective scheme because of their athletes. They have the best backfield of the league with great fullbacks, a fast running back, and a quarterback that runs the ball very well. Their main packages are 20 personnel, gun split, and they run some zone read, outside zone, and quick game. So I'm already thinking in my head, they says they have a fullback and a running back. So it's not true. Not 20 light or whatever. Well, I guess if, they, if they're running zone read, they'd have to either you know flare the back or motion the back. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it is. I'm thinking here. One of them is going to be a lead blocker more than the other. And then 21 pistol with a fullback to the three man surface, toss sweep, QB sweep, zone read, and ISO. No FIB, no gap schemes, no RPOs. Any tips on how to stop this run game out of the 425 split safety defense? We also play man free and cover zero. By the way, the team he is with is, I'm always, I'm going to get this wrong every time, the Curtiba Silverhawks. And his Twitter handle is at Coach B-R-E-P-O-H-L. With the, the 20 split stuff, you know, we call it 20 light when they get, um, I know, like, I think Bam and those guys call it Romeo, I think, when they're both tailbacks or the, the there's no true fullback or no true, like, Y or sniffer um, back there with a true tailbacks. You really got to gotta figure out, um, you know, how are you going to fit it? You know, it's quarterbacks athletic, which coach says he is, you know, now you've got to be able to fit like versus that 20, you know, that 20 open split stuff. You've got to be able to fit the, the, you know, the open side safety, the flex safety, the, the safety to the X and the overhang to the speed side. Um, Cause I believe he said no RPO or was that just out of 21 personnel? If you don't have RPO, then dude fit the overhang and the safety. Um, in into like play quarters, right? Play whatever you want for press, whatever, um, and and fit both of those guys. And so you're you know you're in nine man spacing. Um, pressure wise, um, out of that, I think well, and also coach said he runs a little bit of cover one. I, I like I don't mind some cover ones to change up too. Um, you know you use the cheap footwork with your high safety, and you, you know use him as an extra. Um, an extra fit guy where he's a bonus fit guy for you. Um, if you want to, you know, get into to eight man spacing out of, out of man free, you know, pressure wise, I like, you know, the, the shake two roll stuff um, and the, um, you know, um, 
the boundary corner crash, um, five-man pressures um, versus the the quarterback run game stuff. Really like it. And then you know even the 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 you know the the far creeper where you're 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 because you you're a four-two-five guy. Um, bringing the the field invert, you know the the star nickel from the field, um, and and angle in the front weak, dropping the the weak end to the flat and, and playing three deep, uh, and then bringing the you know depends on who your best you know who your better blitzer is, either bringing the boundary corner and doing the same thing to the you know opposite, you know where you're slanting to the field and you're dropping the field end to the the field hook. Um, and rotating and playing three, or you can bring the boundary safety and do the same thing. You know, whoever, just kind of whoever do you want to bring, who's your who's your better rusher there. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, our, our one of my favorite sims that I don't, that we don't run enough is, um, you know, the, the cross dogs, the crossfire, um, and playing, you know, play too high, you know, get into, get into, uh, you know, your four down look and, uh, um, bring the in, bring the inside linebackers and in, in the opposite a gaps. Take your your nose and your tackle. Let them play vertical in the B's, and then um, you know your 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 five techniques are are playing run. Like Coach said earlier, they're um, they're they're just they're playing tradition. They're loosening up a little bit alignment wise because you're bringing pressure inside and you're and you're moving the you know the the three technique is going to play wide through the B gap. The two eyes going to slant through the B gap. But they're going to play, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, spill pullers and, and things like that because you're going to, you can play quarters behind that, um, you know, where your, your field inverts playing, you know, your palms, he's your, your two to one player, your, your, you know, your, your, or your quarters flat player, however you, you know, whatever kind of quarters you want to play there. And you can also use the boundary safety, you know, whether you're playing cone um, or you're just playing true open quarters to that side. Um, you can use him in the fit as well. So those, those are all those are all good options versus the the twenty split stuff. Twenty one personnel, um, you know, getting into under and and playing, you know, playing both safeties, nine man spacing, playing both safeties in the fit, uh, playing press quarters with those guys, and then under one, you know, um, whether it's you know if he's if he's always offset near to the tight end. You know, being able to play strong rotation, um, so long as they don't swing, you know, swaying back across, you know, the, and the the split zone or split boot look. If you do, you know, if they if they do that, then you like one key a little bit more, where the safeties are are both going to key who's low, who's high, based on the 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 fullback, not the pre snap tilt, but the the post snap movement of the of the fullback. So, um, and then in twenty one. I like five man pressures. I like five man zone pressures. I like I like one high fire zone three pressures. Um, NCAA, you know, the chop from the boundary um, is always a good one. You know, crash what we call it. Um, you know, the, the shake two roll stuff's okay, but if there's no quick game, if I'm doing that and I'm not getting you know too much quick game or RPO, uh, I like playing. You know, I like rotating. I think we talked about earlier playing shake and playing quarters strong, um, and playing invert. You know, the boundary um, instead of playing instead of playing like cut or two trap strong um, out of it. And then obviously, you know, um, some kind of, some kind of crossfire. Um, you know, cross dogs out of that. Out of some version of five man. Like out of do it out of under um, 
if you're a four two five and you lit and you can get into that underworld. I know when we were we were four two five, we would get into uh, over and under versus twenty one and not get into to true like. Uh, like how Coach Vass, I bet, lined up to 21 personnel out of out of 425. Like we were, we would get into that over and under world alignment. But under, you know, cross dogs is is a really good one and playing the three hole stuff and um, where your weak safety is the the you know the 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 final three player and your 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 end and your Sam linebacker are your are your Bronco or your flat defenders. You know they're they're your match carry deliver players. Um, and I think that was it when it coach was that the last part of his question. So how we did stuff is if we were weak side rotating into 20 personnel, we would set our front to the field. Yeah. And if we were strong side rotating, we would set our front to the boundary. Um, so when we ran some of the shove the safety in the box and roll down to three strong kind of a deal, but I like the old, you know, field G quarters of the field, sky to the boundary. You know, if you want to, if you want to play some press there instead of playing sky because they run quick game, maybe some of that. But I mean, that's pretty much it. And then the the blitz I talked about earlier, one of the blitzes we ran versus twenty personnel, which almost erased most of that stuff, was field G army. This is an old Gary Patterson standby. I know, surprising field G army wide wide bomber wide smokes. So you set the three to the field, you slant to the boundary, you bring the nickel off the edge. He has the pitch, the end has the dive. The inside backer who's now covered to the field because of the, the slant can scrape for the quarterback. The The line is slanting with the zone or the stretch into the boundary. And you can basically put both backers on the quarterback and the remaining back. The smoke would take the pitch. So, again, one of those cover zero pressures. I mean, technically it's cover one because... Corner's got one. The free safety's coming down where the blitzer's coming from. And he has two, and the weak safety should be free. But, I mean, you may want to back him up a little bit so he can overlap front side. But, I mean, it's it's stood the test of time with that stuff. And, honestly, for what they do in 21 personnel, that's a good call, too. I mean, it's all sweep to the field. So, I'm, I'm guessing sweep to the field, zone read to the boundary. So, it takes care of both of those plays. It's hard to run ISO when you're slanting out of an even front. It's now no longer ISO. It becomes zone lead. So it has to cut, which if you're they're trying to run downhill, they don't want to do. ISO coaches will tell you that they can handle that, but it's not what they want. You run ISO for one reason, and it's to isolate. And when you're trying to lead block on someone and all of a sudden they're falling back because you're slanting the line, you no longer get that. So, I mean, to me, that as the changeup call to everything that Adam said, and you may have said this, had a little bit of an audio issue when you were talking. Did you say? Did you say that with that call I just said? Yeah, but we it was like it was a far, far. Okay, yeah, yeah all right. So it's, I'll start that. So it's basically what Coach Gaylor said with far, but it's just cover zero or cover one, which yeah. you said you already do. So if you like what Coach is saying, but you're like, you know, I don't want to. We don't do any three deep, and there's your answer to do it there. And I'm 100% cool with playing cover one there. All right. Let's move on. We got two more questions left. These will be uh, decently quick, um, especially because the last one you're you're gonna dominate. And I'm gonna just sit sit like the wallpaper on the wall, just taking it all in. <laughs> I'm just gonna take it all in. 
All right. So Jamel Bird, another patron, defensive coordinator at Cox Mill High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. The, the Austin of the East, I've heard. Heard it's a great place. That city's really kicking ass. His Twitter handle's at Coach Bird, but it's with a Y B Y R D underscore. His question is, what is a good way to develop solid pass rush from the tight front? One of the major Achilles heels of it is that you have a zero technique, two four eyes that are copping, and then a delayed fourth guy a lot of the time. So, as I, and and I know Jamel, I think you got the I did the tight front course, and I said it like forty six times in there. I stopped, I couldn't stop repeating. It's like guys, the tight front is good for zone RPOs. That's what it was designed for. If you're seeing a lot of gap schemes, if you're seeing a lot of other stuff RPOs down the field you can have a little bit of problems because now you're one-on-one -on -one and that guy's running a slant. And if you miss a tackle, it's a touchdown. So make sure you're using it for what your its purpose. Uh, but anyway, I just want to throw that disclaimer in there, but because it's not great from rushing the passer being just a location, the techniques, um, what Sims and creepers do you like from two high coverages to kind of accelerate the password? So you're still good in the run game but you accelerate um, the rush a little faster in the pass game, either by slanting a guy out where he's not having to contain through the B gap, but you have somebody coming off the edge or a, a plug that's coming now. For us, like um, we like the, the inserts off of it, the plug blitzes. Um, you know, I know they have a, a variety of names, but um, like one of the favorite ways we do it, and it's not a great pass rush, because like Coach Vass said, if you if you want to rush the passer, don't get in tight front. Like get in double threes, right? Get in get in a four man front. Get on the edges. You know, don't don't get in four eyes and a zero. That it's you're you know you're putting your guys. You're just you're not going to be a great pass rusher. You really got to work the transition from, you know, from from two gap technique to you know possibly becoming a cop rusher depending on what you're doing, whether it's drop eight or your you know, your fourth rushers from the edge or if he's a daylight rusher. Um, but, you know, that's, you don't, you can't solve all your problems with that one front. But one we like is the insert to the running back and play. Um, like I know some guys will deal the nose, you know, opposite of where the inserts coming from. We'll play like lag all the way across. So we'll play our four eyes and lag and our nose and lag. And, We'll we'll face blitz the uh, the line, inside linebacker to the running back, um, so he's playing face ass on the on the on the guard on the snap. You know you're thinking like it's really good for like zone RPOs, but it's even really good against like power, like you know because he's going to get in the guard's hip pocket and he's going to run it down. But you really do it for zone read or zone RPO, um, whether or not. You know, there's no flop RPO. Um, you know, edge ones, if we do the, you know, if we bring a fourth rusher from the edge, it's going to be from the boundary so we can play, you know, too high defense. If we bring, you know, the field guy, then we're usually going to rotate and play three or play like super rotated, you know, cover two, um, like the two roll stuff. Um, but the, the favorite one, and we call it Rivers and Quinn, Rivers to the running back, Quinn to the quarterback or away from the running back. Um, but we'll, we'll play, we'll play lag four eyes and lag zero. 
and then so like we'll we'll tell the nose guard where the where the fourth rusher is coming from and so on pass he knows he can work opposite so he's playing lag we'll play knock back on the center if it's passed and he works opposite of where the inserts coming from four eyes going to play technique and then on pass they're going to be cop rushers um on that but i'm like what coach fast said there's you're not going to be a great pass rushing team from four eyes and you know from from two four eyes you, you need to get into a different front you know or um you know bring double edge out of four eyes you know um bring double edge and play you know one high which i know that wasn't your question but you're not going to get you know you know simulate pressure out of four eyes is is a decent way but we've never been great at, at getting pressure and, and playing playing the tight front um you know anyway we you know if, if we're in tight front it's worth you know we're doing it for um to stop the run you know we're not doing it on third and long we're going to get into different different fronts on third down you know when we're wanting to, to stop the pass yeah, I mean, that's that's the de- the deal you make with the devil when you run the tight front is you're going to suffer your pass rush. And I'm going to say this, Coach. I know this isn't what you're asking so because the, the answer I'm going to give you has a giant asteriskness to it. I almost can say that word, Adam. That's the word asterisk <laughs> I can say. I always trip up on it and I always dread it when my brain uh, when my brain is about to say it or I see it on a, on a question I'm like, or, or somewhere I have to read. I'm like, oh, no. Mine is asks. I do the same thing with asks. asks. I've got to really, I've got to really mm. yes, I've got to really enunciate that word. It trips me up. So sorry. Yeah, they give <laughs> shit to people That's... for saying acts, but I I might go that way. Yes. <laughs> I may go that way. Yes. Never not. Act yes. acts risk. No, that's even worse. Never mind. I'm not doing that. All right. So, uh, so why I'm saying this is you have to be careful with this because people say they take a defense and they say oh but we don't have this which is every defense right and then they start tweaking it and now you're no longer getting the you're not getting the defense you want out of why you have it in you know it's like you try to make it play versus everything and now all of a sudden it's it's not good right yeah you can't do that you got to have other things to stop what you need to, you know, yes. you, you can't, you can't, you're not going to be great versus everything they do out of, you know, one front. So, yeah. yeah. So the easiest way to do this is to put your best edge rusher into the boundary and always bring him. So always bring the Jack. So LSU calls that wizard. Bama yeah. has that built into their defense. So, so by rule, Alabama will rush the Jack as often as possible. So if it's three by one, the Jack is coming and they may share rush it where if the back flares, he takes it. For example, when LSU puts in, or I say LSU, because that's when Aranda was the last coordinator, you know, they had tight four where they'd still insert and then they would change the three by one and then they would change it every year, depending on who their backer was. So in 2018, when they had Devin White, they inserted everything. I would too, you know, but then the next year when they had this giganto DN or outside backer, and they have Patrick Queen, who's really good, but he's not – the best part of his game is not rushing the passer. Is he good at it? Yes, he can do it. But I'm saying you have a DN who's really good at pass rushing. You let him go. And then they check out of it to um, – so, so they would go – I'm sorry. So let, me, let me take a step back. So when they would do that, they would call Wizard. So there would be two different calls. 
we never delineated because we we installed it as wizard because we're a 425 team our inside backers are like run over the top fast guys right they're not great pass rushers that's why i didn't bring in a lot of those plugs and stuff because they weren't big um but anyway so that's easy number one to stay in too high now you can make a decision in in aranda did this occasionally i know that georgia did it where even if they called like a jack rush like he's going even a two by two you can go but now if you get two by two 10 personnel look now you have a backer walked out and they're going to know you're bringing him now if you don't care you know if you have joey bosa screw it we're coming <laughs> right you know the secret the, the the disguise when you have such a dominant player it's like forget it we know you're coming even if you disguise it we know you're gonna come but now you're gonna have one backer in the box the other backers walked out and you still have an outside backer it's like the old madden thing where they stack on top of each other and you're like i know one of you is coming yeah you're not fooling anyone um so there's that um you know but you could just bring that guy the plugs are really good plug to the back so you get the one-on-one the i call it the bear plug where you move the nose um away from the back and you bring that guy and it's really a or b gap if the guard blocks down you know gaps and tight front are kind of a i would say they're a social construct they're not real because okay i have an a gap plug but now all of a sudden the guard blocks down on the the nose and you're blitzing off his ass well isn't that the b gap so you blitz you ass face or deuce or whatever they use you're blitzing the a gap but if the guard blocks down you come off his ass um that's one, and then what Adam said, double edge. Yeah, just bring and one edge. thing I forgot to mention, just and I wouldn't call it a creeper, but just that, like you said, the the in the daylight stuff. Um, we've actually gotten quite a bit of mileage on it, um, bringing the inside linebacker either away from, like away from, if two by two away from the back, or like you said, three by one. We always we would always tag it, so it was either. It was either the inside was the was the fourth rusher or the edge was the fourth rusher. We've also daylighted like the the jack. We've daylighted him like if it was three by one plus quads, like we would daylight the the jack and let the the will and the and the mic play coverage. Well, and I and and to be very clear, I did read your question, Coach Bird, and and because Coach already mentioned the plugs, I I skipped over it first. I know just bringing the jack off the edge is not a sim. It's not a creeper. But I think it's the best way to get pass rush in the tight front. Like I'm kind of, so I kind of ignored that part of the question a little bit because just bringing just if you have a dominant guy, and I mean I don't mean dominant, but be meaning dominant relative to your personnel. Like he's by far and away the best rusher. Go. The other thing you can do. So one of the things I can mitigate against the ten personnel stuff, which coach just kind of talked about. It's a little different, but what you can do is, and I recommend this to guys with smaller linebackers or even front guys that are running the four two five as a changeup, is if you get ten personnel, treat it like dime in the sense that you're going to walk your will backer, whatever backer out, an apex two in the end man, and then walk your jack off the ball into a, a thirty, and then daylight him from there. If you want a better disguise, that's another way you could do it. So you're still bringing that guy, but you're doing it from depth um, for what exactly coach just said, but just against two by two, but yep. the Sims are all right, but you got to think about it. You're still, you're still copping with two, four eyes. Yeah. We stepped the four eyes out to fives, but slanting a four eye to a five technique is, it's not great for pass rush. Yep. 
So I still say, I know it's not what you asked, but just bring the jack off the edge. But then my it goes to my point, like, well, at that point, if you're worried about how to get a good pass rush, don't be in it. If that's what your yeah. number one concern is, then just get into an overfront. But yeah. if you're playing a really good mix down team that, that is good, it's 50-50. Now, this is where I'll say this is if you're playing that style of team, bringing that jack off the edge where it's like, hey, man, we still need the tight front because there's still a zone running team, then that's what I would do. But anyway. Okay, last question from Chris Miller. He's not a coach. He's just a fan. His Twitter handle is at ChrisMillerFTB. I'll weigh in at the end, but this is this is for you. What are the strengths and weaknesses of the three high odd stack defense you see teams like Iowa State run? And when slash versus what do you like to use it? Strength and weaknesses is obviously the the variety of coverage you have, um, the flexibility in in coverages you can you know, you can stay with your quarters, um, with your variety of, of of quarters you have. You can play you know you can play Tampa two with that guy's your middle run through player now instead of the mic. You can play zone match cover two, um, and figure out how you want to play that. Um, you know if it's a drop eight concept. Um, you know, figure out, um, you know, how you want to play that middle, um, the middle safety. Um, and then obviously you have your variety of, of cover threes you can play with it. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest thing is just it gives you a lot of multiplicity as far as your coverages. And also gives you some flexibility with how you want to fit the, the run game um, with how you want to play that uh, you know it, I still think offenses have a hard time coach Vass talked about targets you know how they how they ID people in the run game I, th- I think you know people that run the ball out of 10 11 personnel have a hard time IDing that guy because you do so many things with him he's in the middle third you know he spins down um, in the box he fits you know the run from depth you know because like on you know, 10 personnel gap scheme. He's like the overlap linebacker, you know. Um, you can still take your overhangs out of the fit, you know, based on the back and too high and, um, um, you know, still keep your, you know, your your sling fits, your, your fall fits based on the back alignment. So I think it gives you a lot of, a lot of flexibility and then it gives you a lot of pressure options, you know, because you've got an extra safety, so you've got an extra cover guy. Um, and for us, he's like a nickel guy. So it's a guy that um, is a hybrid guy, and he's kind of a tweener. Um, but he's usually a really good blitzer. So that gives you some options where you can bring him a pressure, but he's also a good enough athlete to where he can, if you want to bring um, one of the other safeties in pressure or bring the corner um and outside linebacker of the corner and the safety. Now you've got some more coverage options to where you've got speed on speed and you don't get caught, you know, matchup wise, um, you know, playing playing man coverage or having to wall a player where um, that, that may not be as as uh, as good of an athlete um, as what you'd have in the in the three safety stuff. Um, but again, what you like it against is all the all the. 10 and 11 personnel, especially versus 10, you know, we'll run it. We've ran it. We haven't ran it recently um, just because it hasn't fit. It hasn't had our best 11 players out there, but um, we can get into that out of our regular personnel. But the, 
that guy hasn't been a real like middle of the field type guy. He's been more of a true linebacker guy the last couple of years. This year will be a little different. We'll get into a little bit more of it because of who that guy is for us. But, um, you know, we'll get into versus 20 or, or um, 11, uh, even 12 personnel. When they start getting heavier than 12 and they, and they you know, if, if 12 is 21 and vice versa, then you get it. Like for us, we're going to start, you know, easing our way out of it. We've played it in the past when we would actually sub that guy and get into like where it was like we truly had three safeties and it wasn't like a, you know, a nickel star guy going back there um, where it was true three safeties. Then we would, uh, you know, we would fit that structure, you know, that offensive formation with that structure. Um, but, you know, you love it versus four open stuff. You know, you, you got you got all kinds of, of coverage um, options you can run. Yeah, you get empty. Well, now you don't have to have, you know, certain, you know, empty checks. You know, the 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 the, the all your stuff can, you know, all your two high defenses can play. Obviously, cover th- your th- cover threes can play versus empty, but um, it really clears things up because if you have an extra safety in there and um, you've got somebody that's your, you know, he's your poach, you know, carry three vertical guy in quarters, but you can still play. You know your version of quarters week. Um, you know you're not having to do something special. You you can play your stubby, but you do it you know or stump, but you do it with the middle safety and you know the the the, the field safety. You know the, the safety of the passing strength, not with a, you know a, a nickel guy and a and a safety. So it just um, you really like the multiplicity out of it. You know in 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 all ways. You know um, again when they. The weaknesses of it is when they start getting heavier, you know, start getting in 21 personnel, 12 personnel, you know, what are going to be your answers? If that's what you live in, what are your answers to it? Because you're going to be, you know, a light box. So um, how are you going to fit the run? How are you going to fit power in 21 personnel out of that? Um, you know, that's the, the biggest issues we always had out of it was they start running a gap power and you're in three high and you stay in three high. It's not, you know, for us, it's not a world we want to live in. Um, so we want to be able to to play it when we want, but only versus, you know, certain things. Because I really do like it versus the, the 10 and 11 personnel um, world. But when you start getting into heavier personnel groupings, I think it can cause you major issues. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things. I don't want to say a gimmick because I think that's dismissive. It's kind of a fad. I don't want to say it's a fad, you know, but it kind of got fatty where everybody's doing it. Like, I kind of got pissed and quit running it, you know, c- quite frankly. But um, I still think there's definitely merit to it. But I don't think you can live in it. Snap in, snap out. Here's where I think it's really good. I think it's great versus 10 personnel. We actually stole it for a game where we had four down, but they were bigger guys. We had a problem. We had Our bins were like, they weren't great in space, if that makes sense. And this team, we would have been vanilla defending all the RPOs. So we did it and it gave us, we could play like Tampa versus the run, which we needed. So there were some cool things, but it's one of those things. I don't, I don't think it's a fad. I mean, I said it was a gimmick, which I think is a little heavy handed because it's not, I mean, Rocky Long's been doing it for two decades, but I mean, in the sense that it's one of those defenses that you either run because one you coached for a guy who ran it and that's the system you learned or you have a problem, right? Right. You have linemen, you have like a badass nose. Like, like this is what Ohio, uh, Iowa State did. 
In fact, it's funny because the second year they they were running it, they were still doing all the pursuit drills in four three cover four. Yep. You know, Haycock was a four three Tampa quarters guy. Yep. It was I have a badass zero technique nose that's not really great at playing a G or three. I have a badass middle linebacker and I have a badass middle safety. And it was like the pieces all they fell into place. Now I know that there's some people like TCU's running it and they have a lot of success. Um, I mean the, the, the guy there, I can't remember his name right now. He was at Tulsa before, I think in your neck of the woods and they were really good at it, but it's one of those things that you run because you want to play the spread. You want to be more multiple empty. That's a great point about empty. You have more options. And I like the three high stuff on pass downs for different reasons, but I just think and maybe I'm watching too much much NFL film lately, but I I just don't think as a basic down, unless you're playing all 10 personnel, and I know that it can work versus 11. I know that it can work versus 12, but I, I, especially versus 12, like get me the hell out of it. But if you are stuck and you do not have that personnel, like, so, so counterpoint, I'm at San Diego state. I'm at Tulsa. I'm at TCU. I don't know what Tulsa's doing now, but I was at Tulsa. I'm at TCU. And my, my best football player is my middle safety. Would I rather have some bullshit, like backup Sam linebacker in the game just to say, and no offense, but you know, just to say that I I'm in an under front and then I got to make this guy be a traditional safety. And now I can't use his skill. Yep. So that's kind of my point is I think it's one of those defenses that it's really good if you have certain types of kids. Um, But if you have what most people have, I don't. And again, this may be tough because I know some people have. They've made a living off of it. And I'm not talking about three, three stack. I'm talking about the three high safeties. Like nobody really wants to be in three high safety. because There's 20 personnel, 21 personnel like. You tell me whatever you want. Like it, it's just, I mean, you're 505 with 230 backers. I mean, didn't we already talk about this for a long time? That that's not great. And that was when they had hulking giant linemen, you know, when teams had these big ass linemen and they couldn't yeah. do it. So I don't know. I, I think it's great versus the stuff that Adam mentioned and the things that I've mentioned. Um, I like it on third down a lot. We used to do it on third down before Iowa State did it. Because we could use that middle safety and we could game plan trips. So we could play whatever we wanted over number one and number two, whatever we wanted over number three, and then whatever we wanted on the backside. And some of those Tampa coverages, you can play it deep to short instead of short to deep. Like we wanted to play Tampa, but our Mike linebacker wasn't a great Tampa runner. Yep. Well, just stick your best guy in the middle and he'll be your Tampa runner. You know what I mean? So anyway, those are my thoughts. Adam, it's late. Uh, I'm sorry for keeping you so long. Thank you so much for joining me. Before you go, see, I remembered. Give the uh, give the listeners your Twitter handle and then tell them about your Coach Tube courses because they're fantastic. Uh, Twitter handle is at Coach Adam Gaylor, and there's a plethora of Coach Tube courses I have. Um, the last set I did was on. Um, Third down defense, like creating a pressure package, um, simulated pressures, creepers. Um, and then my third one was um, two gap defense out of uh, out of odd and even spacings. So um, those are probably the most recent, probably the um, the best ones of the bunch. But there's there's a, I've got one. I've got a couple on defending the flex bone um, out of odd and even spacing as well 
Um, there's a couple on there on creepers slash simulated pressures that are good. So go out and buy them. Um, would love to ch chit chat with uh, any of you guys too that that hit me up on Twitter. Um, I I, I uh, even in season I find time to to talk ball and exchange ideas with guys. So any you guys want to give me a shout, would love to. And thanks for having me on too, Coach Fast. You're you're the man, brother. Oh man, thank you for coming on. So here's what I want you to do: I'm give you a little homework. This is not going to come out until Saturday, and I know you're a busy guy. It is a bye week, but it is, I know you're a busy guy. Send me the links of all your Coach Tube courses, and I will attach them to the show notes, like when I put out the the right. official uh -huh. tweet. Yeah. So the first one is always like, "Thanks for coming." I don't I don't usually tag the person because of the algorithm. I guess when you tag people, you don't see it as much. So the first right. one always has the link to the show. The second tweet always has "Thank you for coming on," and then the show notes. And then the third tweet, I'll be like, hey, we're going to have so-and-so next week. Drop your questions. And then four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever this month or whatever this week, however many Coach Tube courses, I will attach every single one of them on there. So I apologize yeah. in advance for the 13 potential th tweets y'all are going to see, but Coach Gaylor has been so kind to me. Uh, it, it is uh, 12.54 a.m. on the East Coast, 11.54 Central Time right now, and Coach has stayed up to talk to you. So I'm going to make this pitch to you guys. Listen. There aren't any that I would say, and this is just my own personal testimony. I, I can't think of anybody that I'd rather learn from than Coach Scaler, especially at the high school level, not to mention all levels. Like, you know, you know my thoughts on teachers and, and how they are at teaching ideas. And that was one thing that struck me totally off topic because I haven't really gone off topic this episode. I've been pretty disciplined, so I got to go off topic. <laughs> as much shit as I talked about Urban Meyer, and he he's not a great person, and there's all that goes with that, but... I got to be honest, he's actually a pretty good teacher. I've watched some of his Fox segments where he's like teaching the game and Jerry DiNardo has to act like he's never seen this shit before. He's like, so we're going to count defenders and then we're going to run the ball where there's less people. And Jerry DiNardo's like, oh, that's a great idea, coach. I feel so bad. They make Jerry DiNardo sit there and act like, a, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Instead of Irma Meyer, be like, listeners, this is what he like. He's it's like he's teaching Jerry. But anyway, coaches don't always make great teachers. And. Adam, that's what I love about high school coaches, especially Adam. I think Adam could coach at any level, but you can really tell that he's a teacher by how well he teaches in his courses. And as a thank you to him, if you're looking for any of this stuff, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have stuff with the same, almost the same topics, different courses, but very similar topics. Go buy Adam's stuff. Go check it out. Go support him. I mean, we're all in this together. This guy shares all his knowledge, you know, for pennies on the dollar. Um, you know, we know coaches, how much we make if people have made the 15 cents an hour, or whatever you get for coaching varsity football, but Adam's really, really done a great job putting this stuff out. And so go support him. If there's a topic there, I'm going to throw all the links on there. I love the guy and I want to make it worth his while for staying with me till midnight on school night. Cause I appreciate him and, uh, you should too. Damn it. You're too kind, brother. Appreciate well, you. That's the truth. I mean, it's 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 not uh, what's what my mentor used to say. It's not bragging if it's in, if it's in black and white. Meaning, if you've done something great, it's not really bragging if you point to those accomplishments. So, you're you're a great coach. One of the best I've ever been around or, or talked to, rather. And um, I appreciate that you share your knowledge with us. A lot of guys in your position at, at a school like Jenks would say, Oh, I don't need to do this or I need to keep my secrets or whatever. And you're, you're very, you're very generous and you don't often see that with the big boys. 
So we really appreciate you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right, guys, go buy Adam's coach tube stuff. And uh, thanks for coming on, my man. Thanks, brother.